Before we begin, a warning. This story contains adult themes and may not be suitable for young ears. Please use discretion. From Send Relief, this is Stories of Hope, Episode 73, Waiting for Eben. We've all experienced what it's like to be lonely, but almost none of us have experienced what it's like to be even. Hi, I'm Brian Wright with Sin Relief. Imagine walking off an airplane alone in a foreign country, homeless and helpless. Even will never forget what it felt like on May 27, 2011, when after traveling 7,587 miles, she landed at the Toronto airport and then tried to explain to Canadian immigration why she'd left her home in Africa and come to live in Canada. Now, 10 years later, when she thinks back to that day, she remembers telling herself, I must be the loneliest person on the planet. You'd feel that way too if you'd lived through what Eben had lived through and then come to a strange place where no one was waiting to meet you. In this episode of Stories of Hope, Eben will tell you that horrible story she told to the Border Patrol when she first arrived in Canada. And then she'll tell you a happier story about what it was like when she finally discovered someone in Toronto was actually waiting to meet her. Here's this story of hope. It seems strange now whenever she thinks about it. Strange how after all she'd been through, the most frightening day of her life might have been that day at the airport. I was scared, totally scared. And then when I met the police at the airport and they are asking me where I'm going and what are you doing here? I told them that I don't know. And I just started telling them my story. Her name is Ibn Isia Kamasavise. On May 27, 2011, she landed at Toronto's Pearson International Airport with a small suitcase, a Namibian passport, and a four-year-old daughter. They asked me where, where I'm going, like, and I told them that I don't know. I don't know someone here. I don't know where I can go stay. And I was scared because I had no one to help me. Stories of Hope is a podcast about people who meet needs and change lives. In this episode, Eben's plan had been escape to Canada. After that, she had no plan. Maybe that's why this day was the most frightening of all. Because after flying from Africa to Europe to North America, Eben was now invisibly, anonymously, completely alone. On this day, at this airport, no one was waiting for Eben. My name is Epinesia Kamosovice, and uh, I am originally from Namibia, country in Africa. 
Everyone who hears it says Eben's story, the one she told Border Patrol officers on her first day in Canada, is a story from another time and another place. That's what everyone says. It's the only way they can believe it really happened. We were a happy family back home in Namibia. I had a job, my husband had a job, so we were fine, great. We were doing fine. I gave birth to my daughter, and my husband decided to take her to my mother-in-law to take care of her while we are working in the city because it was hard to get nannies. So she lived with my mother-in-law for good three years. Although I did went to the village like every weekend. My mother-in-law called my husband one weekend for emergency meeting. We have to come back to the village. Sorry, <laughs> I get emotional later. So we, we went to the village and then I realized that she is practicing witchcraft. My mother-in-law was practicing witchcraft. So the meeting was, she has to sacrifice a younger kid in the family, like blood related, for the family to gain wealth. So when we go to the city tomorrow, we have to leave the child behind. And she will take care of everything. I never knew that she is into that. And for her to sacrifice her own grandchild, it was a, it was a shock. So we, we get out of the meeting and we went to the police. The police was like, they won't deal with witchcraft. And then that night she started trying to kidnap my daughter. So my husband um, decided that Maybe you can go to Canada because I was searching this during the day. There is no visa required. So my plan was to come, stay, like hiding, and then go back when everything is forgotten. Some things are not easily forgotten, even on the most frightening day of your life. That's how it was that Eben found herself standing on a sidewalk outside the Toronto airport, not forgetting. She and her daughter were waiting for a taxi that would take them to a temporary shelter. It was springtime, but it was Canada, and Eben remembers feeling very, very cold. I was frustrated. My life was full of cursing. I was always cursing my mother-in-law. She made me come to this strange country with such strange culture. So I want to go back home, but I have to face reality. Eben and her daughter stayed in a temporary shelter for two months. And then volunteers found them an apartment in a Toronto suburb called Mississauga. 
She didn't know it when she moved there. But in Mississauga, someone was waiting for Eben. Toronto is, is over 50% born outside of Canada. So the BBC radio actually says Toronto, because of that statistic alone, is the most diverse city in the world. Back then, Brett Porter pastored a church in Mississauga, a community where pretty much everybody was an Eben. In Mississauga, more than half the residents speak a language other than English. That's why when Brett started a church here, he decided learning how to welcome internationals was the first best thing he could do. The first place that we moved to in Mississauga, uh, we lived in a townhome complex that um, five doors one way and five doors the other way. And behind those doors were seven countries and six languages. That's just your neighbors. And that's just, that's our city. Um, so <clears throat> part of how we connected was just say, hey, we care about you. And so you don't just go, man, hope you find the place to stay tomorrow. No, you go help them find a place to stay. Uh, you help them move. You, you do whatever it takes. And so... If they needed doctors, we would help them with doctors. If, if it, find a doctor, pay a doctor, whatever it was, we wanted to, you're one of us, so we do that, and that's what we did. That is how, one day, Brett and his church met a very sad, very lonely lady named Eben. It was a Thursday. They all remember that, because it was on Thursdays that everyone from Brett's church would go to a local park and introduce themselves to the people who were there. I'd take my daughter every afternoon to the park. And uh, one of them came to me and asked me if I want to join them. So and I said yes. So that's how I met them. And then they invited me one day to church. When Eben told everyone at Sanctuary Church her story, the people there realized she needed help. She was alone, she didn't understand the system, and she was in danger of being sent back to Namibia. She needed, she needed help with court systems and things, and so we helped financially with lawyers. We helped a ton with just research of our own. We had a folder, like a three-inch binder, full of research that our, that our church members, we got a team to get, we got an even team <laughs> that we got together, and it was just, it's just, we were one. The people at Sanctuary Church worked Eben's case for weeks, and then months, and then years. And seeing people go that far out of their way, for that long, for her, seeing that changed everything for Eben. My life was full of anxiety. I really didn't think positively at all. But in the midst of this, I found a church. And I was like, who, who am I? These people show me so much love, give me things that I don't deserve. And then I started listening and learning. And for some reason, maybe God was using me to pay more attention to what they told me. The most important thing that I learned about Jesus was love, loving one another. And I decided to follow him and get baptized because I wanted to learn more about him. Part of what makes 
the idea and imagery of family, church as a family, is, is helpful in that. You gotta learn how to be family together when you don't have the same uh, wiring in the background, right? You're becoming family together. So yeah, that's an important piece. If you're gonna reach people, it doesn't matter if they're from different cultures or not, you gotta walk with them like family. Last year, even in the middle of a global pandemic, every single day, an average of almost 150 refugees were resettled in the U.S. and Canada, and they are of the almost 80 million displaced people on the planet. If you'd like practical tips on how you and your church can meet needs and change lives of these people, visit us online at sinrelief.org. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to Stories of Hope you'll automatically get a new episode every two weeks. Go to Apple or Spotify podcast and search for Stories of Hope. And finally, if you've liked what you've heard here, rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find us and enjoy these stories too. This is Bryant Wright with Sin Relief. Join me in two weeks for another episode of Stories of Hope.